Hello and welcome back to another Alien Isolation podcast. I'm Nee and this is Priority One, audio log 003-180286. So as you know, there's a quiz in there um, and for those who guessed it, I will be naming and not shaming because it's something to be proud of um, at the end. Uh, And obviously the point of this podcast is to talk about lo-fi sci-fi. As you know, uh, last week we put out our insider video all about lo-fi sci-fi and that was great uh, seeing your response to how we've put lo-fi sci-fi into the game and sort of like looking at the inspiration that um, really brought the 70s world back into our gaming world. So I brought some people into the sound studio again. I always say that and it's, it makes me sound really sort of like sinister that I just grab, <laughs> grab people, people yeah. and bring that's, them in. That's, how that's it went, exactly yeah. how it went down. Yeah. It did. Um, so I have uh, some, some amazing people with me today who have worked very hard on lo-fi sci-fi to create that aesthetic and that feel. And originally, I know that I said we'd have uh, our lead producer, Jonathan Court, and writer Will Porter with us, but unfortunately they were unable to make it. Um, So I have flown in uh, a special guest who actually didn't fly, she rode here on a shark. And uh, for those who listened to the first podcast, you'll understand my reference. (laughs) We'll divulge the information of that a little bit later. But I will let uh, our guests introduce themselves to you. and give you a little idea of what they do on the team and how they got on board. Okay, I'm John McKellen, I'm the UI lead on Alien Isolation. I, I'm kind of responsible for the, the UI first and foremost um, and all the kind of in visual interaction that people have and the kind of communication of, of game design to the player. But, um, but I also got involved with graphic design elements and motion graphics and stuff. So I, I was heavily involved with things like video screens and the, the kind of mini games that you interact with, the, the different types of computer interactions, that kind of stuff. So uh, I've extended that out to even things like costume patches and company signs and logos and stuff so I've really kind of had a hand in a lot of things which has been cool. Excellent. And Uh, our special guest? Yep, the shark rider. Uh, (laughs) I'm Catherine Woolley. I'm a content designer on the team. I've been on the team for quite a while now. Generally what I do when back when I started on the team uh, we were working on the white boxes of the levels which is quickly mocking things up that have a, a gist of what we imagine you'll be running around in at the end of the day. Of course that's before all the environment artists make it all pretty and look amazing like you've seen from all the screenshots and videos. But it starts off with life like that and then it goes more kind of in depth when we use our tools uh, where we're creating interactions for the player in the world setting things up in the environment and generally guiding the player through the the universe they're about to embark on. Brilliant. Um, So just to give you some context, John is obviously our UI lead and has appeared in quite a number of interviews now actually. You've probably garnered some, you know, some fairly decent reputation. Yeah, I've done a lot more than what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to do like (laughs) one or two interviews that announced and then and then I forced you to more. do a couple more at, at, at Res. Res. So for the... anyone who came along to Res, you would have seen John there. Yeah, I done the talk at Res, yeah. which was really cool. You rolled up the posters. I rolled up posters. Yeah, it's quite cool to see lots of people. Like I saw someone tweet a picture of the season poster up in their bedroom, and it's like that's pretty cool. Aww. It's nice to see that stuff. Kind of... and that's, uh, that's I, I remember that on Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to see it. Um, so yes, uh, you would have recognised uh, John also from the Insider video where you, you, you talked about um, lo-fi sci-fi. And as for Catherine. She she was the lady who had that amazing quote from our first uh, podcast, which was, you don't know where the alien's going to be. He's like a shark. Yep. Just yep. <laughs> comes at you from anywhere. Yep. So then we had this joke about the shark appearing out the cupboard in the kitchen. It's a common so, problem in Yeah, Netflix. sharks just come out of nowhere. Yeah, you, know. you should see them just down Just walk down, down a corridor. Pond. Oh, jeez, there's yep. a shark yeah. there. Horsham Carfax, yeah. all of them. 
dangerous. Yeah. And you can hear them coming. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for penguins. Actually, no, they don't look for penguins. Uh, yeah. No, sharks, that's killer whales. Yeah. No, they're looking for Zimmer frames, most likely. <laughs> they prey on people. They do. But uh, so th- that's the context of our guests today. Before we um, move on to answering your questions, um, which you sent in. So once more, thank you for sending those in. We had uh, quite a lot, actually, and I've chosen a couple that I think the guys are up to the task of answering please do keep sending in uh, your questions and uh, you know we will do our best to try and answer as many as we can but before they answer your questions I've got a couple of questions for them Woo-hoo. first question to you both in the insider video we talk a lot about um, Ron Cobb and the inspiration of the 70s look and feel that's gone into the game I'd like to know from your perspective what were your favorite bits of inspiration that you pulled from the various sources um, such as Ron Cobb and you know the original film and how you took that and then made that a part of the lo-fi sci-fi element a bit broad okay. but nice things to talk about yes yep <laughs> So, yeah, there's lots of different things. I mean, I, th- I think I've said this a few times in interviews where we, we got sent this big three terabyte drive from Fox full of stuff. Some stuff that people have seen on, like, the uh, anthology Blu-ray and stuff like that, but also a whole bunch of stuff that never got released mm. for whatever reasons. Um, you know, it's quite common for people to take 50 shots um, and one of them becomes a marketing image or whatever. We got to see the other 49. Um, and that was really cool because we were getting to see an angle of things that we didn't expect and a, a kind of almost candid view of what that film set was like and what it was like to work on it. So that that was just amazing because I, I remember when I first started on this project, Jude, the art director, just kind of said, right, go to this folder and that's that's the Fox archive. Spend a week, have a look. And literally for a week straight, I was just clicking through, just going, oh my God, and taking notes of stuff that I thought was really smart. So yeah, it was just amazing to see like blueprints of a set, uh, the, the backs of the sets and how they were all wired up, because the, the cool thing about the, the sets in the film was that they kind of, you know, they functioned, they worked in some way, you know, they were they were wired up in a way that if an actor pressed a button, the light would pop on somewhere. No idea what it meant, but it would still work, so they could, you know, they didn't have to pretend to bash keys or flick switches, they could do it and things would react. So seeing the reverse of that, you know, from the crew point of view, it was just incredible. But I think about the film, the thing that stuck with me since I you know, kind of first saw the film years and years and years ago um, is the wake-up Nostromo sequence at the very beginning of the film when the, the video lights up and it kind of projects its light onto the, the two kind of pilot helmets. Um, just that whole computer sequence was just mind-blowing at the time. It looked really high-tech. Mm. And it's kind of cool that it doesn't look high-tech anymore, but it looks really of the time and, and uh, really smart. And that's been a huge bit of inspiration for all the UI, all the, the interactions that the player can take in the world. That what about you, answer. Catherine? I don't know, because um, all that kind of stuff we, we would have looked at very early on in, in the development of the game. We would look at the, the archives and stuff like that and we'd browse in the folders and be like, hey, this is quite cool for a location. Maybe we should grab this into this kind of archetype that we've got. So, of course, we've got, you know, the main kind of archetypes that you see within the within the film. So you've got, like, the habitation and the sciencey stuff and the technical stuff. We'd be kind of thinking of the areas that we want to create for the Sastapol and how we can draw the alienness into it to make it feel like it's the same universe, but of course in a slightly different time frame. And that um, Seekson aren't that different from Wernley Newtani, you could say, I suppose, and, and all the kind of development from back then, to keep it familiar yet different. So bearing all of that in mind, uh, what would you say has been your most fun challenge that you've come across in, in terms of putting something that is very lo-fi sci-fi when you look at the film and transporting that into what is a shiny game? that, um, you know, is a return 
back to the future. Ooh, see what I did there? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so sort of like that step back and, and how to sort of like make it for people who are playing the game be kind of like, I am in this modern space from that perspective. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. Although I feel that everything that I would say for an answer originally comes from you anyway. Because it's like all the kind of elements that John and the UI team have been working on um, for like interactions we've got within the game that have that kind of lo-fi sci-fi vibe. Before we didn't have those, you know, we'd have something debug kind of set up and you'd just press A or something like that. But over time as the game's developed, we've, we've gotten these things that you've seen in the videos. There's a little box that's opened and the computer consoles and stuff like that. I just think it's amazing because we've spent, you spend so long in a game just staring at the same things over and over and again. And then the second you get something new, it might be new and it looks old but it's like oh my god this is so cool it brings the game to life you know this is what we're making yeah it's a 70s game mm. and it's, it's different yeah i think it's different it's, it's been really, i mean it has been really difficult well so the thing is right we've got this contradiction where we have an hd game that's coming out in 2014 and we want to make it look like something that came out in 1979, <laughs> which is the wrong way around. You know, you'd kind of expect well we use all this technology to make things look shinier and better and and then we spend all our well, this is not true. We don't spend all our processing power on making things look blurry. But there's a lot of time and effort put into making things look really dated and really old and kind of broken. And it's a really weird one because there's a lot of kind of contradictions in the presentation of stuff um, in the film when you apply it to a game. So, you know, an example for the UI would be that the, the kind of interactions that were possible on computers back in 1979 were really basic, like say Y for yes and N for no, that kind of stuff. But you can't do that on a console game. Mm. 2014 that's nuts so what looks right doesn't feel right to play and that's been the hardest challenge is to try and make those two things work where it looks lo-fi and it feels lo-fi but it still gives you all the functionality you would expect from a game now which is that's that's been the hardest part but it's been but it's cool when it works when you finally get those things to come together it's uh, it's really satisfying because it it feels authentic, but uh, but you're not being tripped up by it, and you're not mm. feeling kind of held back by its technology. So I think I think the example I always said was that the only computer, the only computer in the film that someone actually interacts with the way we would use a computer is the mother room, mm. and they ask <clears throat> questions and sentences. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a text adventure. Yeah. It's like you you know we couldn't do that. So everything else in the film was just a readout. It's just mm. a chart. So. That was quite difficult, but but yeah, it's when, when you do get that moment, it's a proper eureka moment when yeah. you get those two things come together and it feels good. It's yeah. a it's a relief because it's an unknown, you know, to yeah. try and make these new systems look old. But even like um, the VDU readout that they've got all over the film, mm. like that just just having yeah. just all these screens just doing things. You're like, oh cool, like what's that way. about? Yeah. Oh, what's this one doing over here? And I mean, it's the same that the film does, because with all the the you know the flashing lights and the mm. screens and stuff like that, it just it brings it to life. Yeah, it creates a sense of busyness that the you know it's the thing. I think one of the things that's difficult with space environments like the Sebastopol or the Nostromo, that kind of thing, is that you know there's no foliage moving around in the wind. There's no kind of there's not a lot of movement in those spaces naturally because it's all just padded walls or metal walls that kind of stuff. So the things like the lights and the VDUs just add this kind of animation to the, the level that wouldn't normally be there and it just adds so much to it. Um, I just finished one right there before I came to this podcast. Oh, was Which I based yeah. on uh, nice. automatic manual tuning. Oh, yeah. so, you know when oh, you just like good. set your TV on tuning yeah. and it would just try and find stations oh, yeah. based on that. I'm quite chuffed because I actually programmed stuff for it. There you go. <laughs> now that is cool. job done. You're like, yeah. Job done, yeah. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> okay, um, so one last question for me is uh, without giving away too much and uh, you know, spoiling it. Which lo-fi sci-fi object did you like 
working with the most. For example, um, I really loved the robot. That's oh my god, I love the little toy robot. The toy yeah. robot and my the drinking bird. My sister fell in love with them as well when exactly. she played a demo at uh, EGX Rest. Exactly, so the drinking bird for me, it's the you know, drinking bird is so iconic and then I move along and I see the robot which is so cute but at the same time incredibly creepy. He is quite mm. creepy, yes. Because you move near in this deserted space on that um, on the demo level and then it, it goes, what would you like to play? And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I want to play anything right now. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just hide. And for, for, for me, that was um, a really nice touch and very sort of like 70s. It is the kind of toy that you'd imagine would litter a kid's floor. So yeah. something along those lines. Okay. Can I talk about a creepy bug that we had with him? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So that's, that's to make true. the robot even slightly creepier, at one point when I was helping set him up for that demo, he wouldn't shut up. So you'd you'd go up to him, he'd start talking, and then you'd leave the area and you'd be going through you'd cut open the door and go down the line and you'd hear him and you'd be like, oh, You're still talking creepy. to me? Are you following me? And it, I, <laughs> that's creepy. I just I love that robot. Yeah, I put that back in. Yeah. <laughs> just, you just <laughs> randomly hear it. Yeah. Just walk into a new area. What Would do you, you like to play? Shall we play? Uh, where are you? Uh, <laughs> you just find him stuffed in a locker or something like yeah. that. Someone's just like, shut up, no, no, The next time you open a locker, he's in there. And that one. Um, I don't know, actually, yeah, I, th I think oh, the thing that I've enjoyed most working on it that's lo-fi lo objects in the world would be a lot of the computer interactions that the player can do. There's some of them being shown in videos and stuff and we've kind of hinted at them, but um, these, these kind of terminals allow you to perform certain actions and, you know, once we got the UI actually working and functioning the way we want it to behave, we then kind of go in and reskin it all and make it look mm. kind of authentic. And so I spent a long time looking on, you know, going through YouTube and looking at all these old, you know, people have uploaded videos of like plugging in old consoles and switching them on for the first time after 20 years to see yeah. what happens and stuff. And mm -hmm. that stuff's just magic, you know, you just, frame by frame look at what those computers were doing and so recreating that stuff was great so there's these kind of boot screens that these computers have and loading screens as they warm up and the sound guys have done an incredible job it adds a lot when box open and the screens flash into life and then start whirring up and you get all the kind of screen refreshing happening and the sound guys are making all this popping and clicking stuff and it's just like it's cool it really just sets the tone, which re yeah. reinforces the tone every time you go into one of these things. Well, yeah. I think when we released the first images of the hacking system, yes. everyone was like, it looks like Tetris, because, you know, obviously it's that clunky, yeah, sort of the like big giant shapes pixels. And, yeah. and the giant pixels, which everyone really liked. So funny, I, sorry, no, you, oh no, you talk, you talk. I've got a funny well, fact. No, funny. Like What's you? a funny fact? <laughs> funny fact, it's not funny. Oh. It's, oh, it's, a, um, it's a fact. It is a fact. Facts are uh, good. Facts are good. Um, I'm surprised that none of our super fans noticed, but the, the hacking screen, right? And to be fair, actually, quite a lot of people in the office didn't notice. The hacking game that we showed um, back at New Year when we announced, um, we've got the, the kind of bar along the top, and then there's the eight symbols in the bottom, the eight boxes. Mm -hmm. And if you look in the film, those little signs, the, the semiotic signs that are above all the doors, the red and white ones, that's the same layout for ah. computer in Alien. That's where it came from. It was like nice. the, actual, the actual layout of the game was based on the sign for computers in that's, pretty, that's so pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That I, is cool. But no one's picked up on it, and I was like, mm. shame on them, shame so on you. I've just people. had to tell shame them. on yeah. you. Well, now yeah, you've told them all, and they're going to be like, oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We need to look out for these things, yeah. um, people. You do. So answer the questions that you guys have sent in, and um, I'm going to read them out, and you guys are going to answer them. So first Ooh. question 
is from Chris Lorenz. I really like this question. Actually, he asked this, uh, he wrote in um, to the email, and then I also noticed that he wrote it sort of like the same but different on on, uh, on Facebook. <laughs> so I've incorporated them because uh, it's, it's a really nice question. So he asks, the lo-fi sci-fi I've seen in the game uh, so far looks great. How will it affect the look of other parts of Sebastopol that we haven't seen yet, such as the crew entertainment areas or other unique areas, or even items that Amanda uses, such as the craftable items? So yeah, it's a good question. It's, um, yeah, I, th I think people would maybe think that lo-fi sci-fi is just an aesthetic choice and it's just, uh, you know, oh yeah, we'll make the, the game look retro, that would be cool. But it, but it informs the game design as well, and I think, uh, you know, he's mentioned craftable items and, and the, the items that Amanda uses and like the motion tracker itself is a lo-fi tool, not just mm. visually, but in terms of how it works, you know. Um, that, that's not the same tool that Ash had, it's not the same one that Ripley uses in Aliens, it's, it's its own thing, it works in its own way, and we modelled its design on old technology and stuff like that. You know, the, the sensitivity of the motion tracker is based on the old polar patterns of microphones and, and and so we really tried to create something that you had to physically use, you know, this clunky box you've got to stand and watch and aim and point in the right direction rather than having some futuristic HUD element that gave you all the, some radar, you know. So the, the lo-fi kind of it influences more than just the aesthetic, it really kind of goes through the entire game. So a lot of our craftable items which we'll show in, in kind of due time um, have a very jury rigged feel and kind of, you know, um, they're not high-tech devices that do crazy, wonderful magic things. They're all very thrown together and that's, I think that's what makes it feel cool and makes it feel believable, you know. Aesthetically as well, as we've been saying, like, it really influences the environments. Mm. Because what we've seen from uh, the shots in the videos as well, we've got those kind of brown 70s colours mm. that you, you kind of see in... Uh, those sexy chairs. Yeah. 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 Nobody um, puts mustard to colours in games anymore. No, so. where's it gone? It's yeah. missing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we get that from the environment as well because, you know, you're not going to see... You know, I'm trying to think of some kind of high-tech equipment right now. Well, it's like holograms and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, like holographic displays and things. Yeah, nothing like that. It's all kind of, you know, clunky old... CRT monitors and chairs. <laughs> <laughs> because in no. other sci-fi, people don't sit. No, uh, they stand. <laughs> they just stand all the time. And it's well, like, Star oh, Trek. If they only, stand yeah, they, Star they Trek. all stand. If only we'd remembered chairs. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the whole environment has the whole yeah. kind of lo-fi sci-fi well, so yeah, thing running through thing. of it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all, like it's all, it's all levers and, yeah. and buttons and old machinery and as as we've said in like all the I think it was in the actually in the last video you know everything's been modeled off of things from back in the 70s nothing that you'll find in the game looks like a modern thing it's all been mm. created from things that they would have had back then or yeah. had on the sets from uh, the film and stuff I think Al puts it quite well because he was in one of his talks uh, was at the EGX thing and he's, he's mentioned it a few times before he shows like he, when he's kind of talking about lo-fi sci-fi he says that you know he goes through a couple of images like of like Han Solo with laser guns and mm. stuff and it, it doesn't feel like hi-fi sci-fi it doesn't feel like you know like Prometheus or Mass Effect stuff that's really f technical and futuristic but um, but even like the original Star Trek they've got old iPads you know the, yeah. the, what he calls them the early adopters of tablet technology yeah. back in the 60s and but that still feels like Star Trek, the original Star Trek, still feels like it's trying to be very futuristic. Mm. It's trying to do technology that doesn't exist yet. Whereas when you look at Alien, everything other than the fact they're in space, mm. everything behaves you the way you would expect. You know, mm. the Nostromo lands like a, a, a you know a helicopter or a plane or whatever. It doesn't like zap in a crate 
wormholes or anything like that. that. It does everything's very, very physical, and I think that's what inspires the entire game for us is that there's no magic, you know, there's no sci fi magic taking place where we cheat. It's just all, yeah, elevators and. It's a gritty future. A gritty future. Of nothing fancy. There's lots of that fancy is... stuff in the game. Oh, well, fancy, fancy yeah, new high-techness. I got pulled up for that. I got pulled up for it when I said that I was, I thought it was great because when we done the VHS stuff, it, it looked so bad it was good. And I thought, I've nailed it. It looks terrible. <laughs> they were like, you can't say the game looks terrible. I was like, it doesn't look terrible. No, but it looks you know great, many people but... love that, that yeah. statement. Well, I mean, it's, it but is. it's true. It's yeah. like, it looks so, so of that time, so dated that it, it was authentic enough to pass for it. It was believable. The same thing goes with the environments. There is a... Uh, the ugly side of technology is there, you know. I think uh, we said, and Al said in that, uh, the video diary there that you know it's technology that doesn't save you. You know, it's not magic mm. technology. It doesn't it's not the I win button. Mm. And I think that's what makes it cool. And you couldn't do that with Star Wars or you know other sci-fi franchises. Alien, the first Alien film, really lends itself well to that. Um, so whilst we're on the subject, actually, of um, the 70s, I'm going to ask a question that is, is based on. 1970s. Now, this was sent in by Nicholas van der Waard. Thank you very much, because it is a fantastic question, but it is also quite a long question. So I, I have had a bet placed on me <laughs> as to whether I can say this question very fast or very quickly, so I can so I can fit it all in. Because I don't want to. Should have timed it. I don't. Well. I don't want to miss it. So if I fail, forgive me. Laugh at me by all means. But if I if I don't fail, then you know applaud. Yeah. So here we go. <clears throat> I think I have to prepare for this. Right, you, you guys ready? Okay, ready, ready. <clears throat> You said you wanted to use nothing beyond 1979 as a visual reference to keep things authentic with the artistic vision of Alien, but is the technology completely identical to what existed on Earth in 1979? For example, the computers look like they're from the 1970s, but this is supposed to be the future, right? What are their specs, such as the RAM processor speeds and hard drive space? Also, are there floppy disks in the future? There aren't CDs until 1982, but laser disks were available in 1978, so what about those? Can we expect to see beta players, VCRs, record players or 8-track players, or have you guys come up with fictional technologies that borrow from the 1970s aesthetic? Oh, very good. Nice. Thank you. Very thank good. you. I'm going to applaud myself. Yeah. Okay, thank you very Although, much. Although I think we're going to have to have a listen back to tape because it sounded like you said, for example, the commuters look like they're from the seventies, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you said. The commuters are like. I said, I said computers, but sometimes <laughs> if you go on the tube, if you get in the right carriage, yeah, I think yeah. you do. Um, Some of the trains, isn't so, it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's a, that is actually a really it's good a great question. question um, yeah picks up on a really good point which is the, the technology in the film is futuristic technology right it is a spaceship it's it's pulling a big refinery you know um it's doing stuff that can't be done so it's not earth based it's not technology that we have now but all the objects that they could invent stuff with and make you know they weren't doing anything that, you know this wasn't cgi this was they were having to build this stuff practically mm. so they were limited by that to an extent where they used bits of aircraft fuselage and you know crt monitors and and the early stages of home video to pipe videos through to screens and what what we've done we've we've got new technologies we've got stuff on the sebastopol we've got you know, even things like the motion tracker, you know, it's, it's, it's science fiction, but it <clears> feels like it's something that could exist, and that's largely down to that that aesthetic and that clunkiness of these things. So so that that's the kind of direction we've come up with. We've got these fictional technologies that borrow from the aesthetic, but uh, we still try and keep them as grounded and as close to the movie as we can. Or, Do you um, know how much RAM the computers have? 6K. Oh, yeah. Wow. Six. It should be eight, but they're rubbish. <laughs> so there's six. Um, but, I mean, that's no, cool, because, like, it's, it's true, actually. I didn't realise laser discs were that early. I thought they were yeah. there. Yeah. 
Because I, I know CDs were 82 and 83, that kind of time. But Laserdisc is 78. That's why this is such a good question. Yeah, it is a good question. Who knows your stuff? We, in terms of VCRs and beta players, I mean, we use, we use them to generate a lot of the assets in the game. So you might not see a beta player in there, but it's there. You know, that's been... It's helped it's out. It's helped out to make the game. Um, I don't know if we've got record players. I know we've got tape players. We've got cassettes in yeah, there. Cassettes, yeah, cassettes. Cassettes, you know. Yeah, they... Cassettes are cool, though. I mean, there's kids about who don't know what... <laughs> Cassettes are. Yeah. They yeah. might look at it and be like, what is this weird thing? I just watched like, a YouTube video the other day where this young girl was given a cassette and just didn't understand what the hell it yeah. was. Really? Yeah. There was a, a I didn't know whether to feel sad or. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a. But our game's know. bringing it back. Yeah, it is. There you go. It's nostalgic for those who experienced it and for all those who didn't. It's really new and yeah. really interesting. Like, and oh wow, what's this cool technology? Yeah. It was like that image I saw on, I saw on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's like a couple of them. Um, yeah, so I saw this picture and it was and it said people it's like people of a certain age or the younger generation won't understand the relationship between these two items and it was a cassette and a pencil. And it was like, yeah, they won't they won't remember they won't know that, that, yeah. that those two things are in you always yeah. I always used to try and use my car. finger though. Because my fingers yeah. would be the right size I always found. I remember winding up a copy of Genesis I Can't Dance. <laughs> I played it too much. <laughs> John is actually making this motion as he <laughs> yeah, talks. He's rewinding the video now. In his mind, he's yeah. gone back to that time. These were good times. Yeah, and you yeah. had to have a pencil in the car with you. I remember yeah, no, my dad always time, had a pencil yeah. in the car just in case the. Uh, and it was really time. annoying on VCRs like VHS yeah. and Betamax because oh, the holes so didn't go all the way through. Yeah. They were they were one way, yeah. so you could only kind of twist it. And do you remember uh, but I do that a lot on the, the agony of when a uh, VHS video got chewed? You try and pull it out and then it was all crumpled and yeah. the bit that you enjoyed was just static. Yeah. So the thing is, is I hated that and now I love it because I get really good results <laughs> when I'm doing the, the UI stuff. You run it through and trash it and yeah, I was saying to Catherine before this, like I tried I was saying, what would happen if I just stretch the actual tape? Because like magnetic tape is quite hard to break, mm. you know, stretching it, it just keeps going and going and going and gets really elasticated sort of thing. And so I'd done that with Alien, one of the copies of Alien, and then ran it through and uh, and it didn't do anything, it just stopped working wow. and that was really disappointing. Whereas in another another time I was doing it, the tape got caught and it just started <laughs> spilling out everywhere and it looked amazing on the screen. <laughs> I was just like, this is gold. Why can't I just, yeah, I just wanted to be in that moment. It's good. So thank you again, uh, Nicholas van der Ward, for yep. a great question. But uh, that moves us on actually really nicely to another question, which is from Carlo Moran. And it is related to the VHS tapes. And he asks, it's been mentioned to use VHS tapes mm -hmm. and old CRT style monitors to achieve the effects you were looking for. Some Sometimes even destroying them in the process, like you said. Yep. Was it difficult to find replacements, uh, especially given the digital digital age we're in? And I assume because no one really uses or makes this kind of equipment anymore. So did you know a man? You knew a man who had a dog, who knew a giraffe. <laughs> kind a of. Kind of <laughs> I didn't know a man. I, I went hunting around when I had the idea. One of our uh, environment artists, uh, he had found an old VHS player in his loft and said do I want it? Because he was just trying to get rid of it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then that, that's where it kind of started. I was kind of thinking, you know, what could I do with this thing? I could try, you know, I could try recording the game onto that and see what it looks like. And it was just to record footage of the actual game. So I got that and I couldn't find any blank tapes anywhere. Like, I mean, to be fair, we're based in Horsham. It's not, you know, the hub. Of, it's not technology It's not commercial central, hub. Yeah, no. exactly. So it's like Wilco's at WH Smith, you know. <laughs> and I couldn't find any. So I got some online 
Um, and they were really expensive. I was quite surprised. Oh, really? Yeah, How much? Cost about five tapes. It was like 20 quid. Oh, Whoa! Five VHS tapes. For, yeah. 20 quid. And then they were just blank VHS. So so I got I got them. And I mean, I, I don't think they make them anymore. I don't think they're new, but they were just old stock lying around. But when I recorded stuff onto it, it didn't, it didn't look that bad. Like, it looked oh. quite oh, okay. Yeah. Because they were just tapes that are being sealed and airtight and all that kind of stuff. So I went to carpet sales. Do they do carpet sales in the States and stuff like that? Like uh, yard sales? Yeah, kind they of thing? Sale. Yeah, yard well, sale. Well, they have flea markets as well. Right, yeah. yeah. Kind of that'd be the slightly equipment. similar. Yeah. So it was that kind of thing. So I went to, there's, there's quite a few around the Horsham area. So I went to a few of them and I managed to find a couple of copies of Alien. Over, over like a summer, one director's cut, the, the first ever widescreen version, stuff oh, like wow. that, and it was pretty cool. And uh, and a couple of replacement VHS recorders because I was just going at them. So that, so yeah, that, that was the main source. There's a lot of a lot of guys at the the carpet sale that will have no idea that they contributed to this game, which yeah. is kind of cool. But um, yeah, they just had all these boxes wow. of old VHS. And I remember one guy went up and I was just kind of rifling through. And my wife was kind of like, "What are you doing? Why are you looking at you know?" I'm like, oh, Die Hard, cool. You know, like, <laughs> why am I looking at this stuff? And uh, and I found Alien. I was like, amazing. And I said to the guy, how much for this? And he said, a pound for all of them. There must have been like 200 tapes there. Whoa. I was like, I only want the one. He's like, no, no, it's a pound for a pound for all of them. <laughs> all it's all or nothing. And I was like. So I gave him a fiver and took one. He was happy with that. Oh, so I said, give me a fiver a for the one. Bargain. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that, that was cool. But um, So you basically locally, you know? depleted the whole entire West Sussex, Surrey There's supplies no copies, yeah. of... Copies of alien, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's none left. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, got God. a wall of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are they no, now extinct? Do you think, like, if I found a copy... <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> Fiverr. Yeah. Have you just become known as the as the, the, video the man? That, the, 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 yeah. The man people, that in, people in Horsham, they all come up to me. Oh, it's the VHS man. Copy. You know? yeah. It was cool working with VHS because, like, I just had this idea, like, it'd be cool to get Alien on VHS, see what it was like, because mm. I, I think I just bought the Blu-ray at the time, so I just watched it in like super HD and it looked amazing and still looks incredible now. But I, I was kind of like, I want, I want to watch it the way I remember it, rather, rather than rather this whole yeah. new treatment sort of thing. And so, so it was cool to find it because it was just like finding this gem in amongst a bunch of old rubbish tapes. Found one guy who'd actually recorded it off a of TV. It was quite mad. Wow. He had Alien, he had a bit of Alien and Aliens on it, <laughs> and the Aliens was the one where it was all censored, where they say like freaking instead of. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny, but uh, but it was just Brilliant. chewed up and a mess. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, carpet sales. So there you go, carpet sales or flea markets. Charity shops as well. Yeah, yeah charity yeah. shops are a good place to go. Yeah, any of that kind of stuff. But no, they're amazing for if you ever want to find anything that's not readily available in stores anymore because it's gotten old. I mean, you still find people selling cassettes. Yeah, but I think get... VHS kind of just got thrown out the door well, and everyone it's... just wants to get rid of them because they're big and chunky. Yeah, yeah. and they're, they're not really, they're not rare. It's not no. like... We may be the yeah. only VHS collectors. Yeah. <laughs> and we only collect one movie. Yeah. Over and over. We're very exclusive. Find <laughs> yeah. every Surrey edition yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very select. Like, yeah. there's a very rigorous uh, you know, <laughs> process you have to go to to end on our VHS yeah. shelf as in you just have to be the alien film. Mm. <laughs> that was great. So, last question is from Jason Escalante. I hope I've pronounced that right. And he would like to know, will the retro look of the station be the only major art direction we see for level design? Or can we hope to see designs, uh, for example, uh, for example, like in the director's cut of the original film? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we've taken a lot of inspiration from that film, obviously. Um, but we, we kind of took all the sets from that film and broke them down into archetypes. Um, and an archetype is like a, a style guide, almost, of bits and pieces that we can then, uh, you know, we kind of create these modular sets for, for Catherine and, and the other guys to kind of piece their levels together with. 
so so we take you know for example the the med lab where ash works and stuff in the Nostromo we kind of analyze that stuff we use all those kind of continuity polaroids and all that kind of extra cool stuff and work out exactly how it was built what it was made out of what the materials were how they lit it you know just tons of things and then uh, we deconstruct it all and create this uh, visual language for for us to follow and then use that in spaces that are slightly different so so this goes back to the challenge of being new but still being authentic and still feeling like it was just, you know, I, I remember Jude saying he just wanted it to feel like this could have existed beyond one of the closed doors that we didn't get to go behind on the film. You know, it's like, you open the door, you would have seen this. Lots of new places for the player to explore, all influenced in one way or another from elements from the film. Because obviously, um, you know, Sevastopol is a trading station and um, it's designed as a habitation sort of like area. I think it was, I think it was designed for like 5,000 people and then um, the, the whole the whole thing about the Sevastopol was that it's a bit of a failed kind yeah. of thing. Well, it's, it's been decommissioned, Yeah, it's been it? decommissioned yeah. and um, no one wants to yeah. really be there, so. Um, so it's got a lot less on it than its capacity, yeah. but. Anyway. But there are lots of areas there that, you know, people can look forward to exploring exploring and yeah. discovering um, and obviously Catherine you would have worked on those environments and yeah I mean um, like the Nostromo you see such a little amount of stuff there's only a few rooms yes. in the film really Four or five, six, so you, you've got the science bit you've got the habitation of course which is you know one of the best known bits because of it being in the kind of canteen area with the table you've got a little bit of engineering corridor for later on when she's uh, escaping from the alien and I suppose you've got all the kind of engineering based stuff as well where Brett goes to and the cockpits after technical and the cockpit yeah. as well yeah and like that's kind of all you get to see and you know that's not much to work with for a big game with a space station so yeah like as John was saying we really had to kind of pick out these tiny little bits here and there to try and make this place that it feels like something it feels like you're exploring somewhere for the first time but familiar at the same time mm. um, I mean I've I've done a lot of work in some of the technical areas which we've seen in some of the videos like we saw uh, these kind of massive array dishes mm. and the, the lovely brown padding of the, the tech technical area as well which I, I really like it fits in mm. amazingly even though it is a bit brown and you think technical might be a bit more computery and silver but the no. brown really helps yeah. it out yeah, brown and mustards will bring yeah. them back exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah so everything kind of it's influenced by its colour really so the sciencey stuff's a bit more like what you'd expect with kind of a clean white feel to it all and then the technical is a bit well I suppose it is a bit brown with grey but it's nice brown yeah well technically <laughs> yeah I mean it's, it's cool because if you look at the film if you look at like like with the med lab and then look at the engineering corridor, they are complete opposites. Mm. You know, one is all jagged and mm. angular, and you kind of you know the, the, the engineering. Yeah, just the shapes, stuff. The, just the shapes of doors yeah, as well. Yeah, like the stuff silhouette like of, a, of a corridor is just really interesting. Whereas when you go into the the med lab, it's a completely different feel. Everything's boxed in, and you don't nothing's exposed. You, yeah. know, you don't see any wires, you don't see any cables. It's all feels a bit more hi-fi, sci-fi, a little bit more advanced, and it's just kind of when you put them side by side, it, they're completely different looking. You know, I think the thing about the Nostromo sets are that they're all kind of just really small working environments and we had to create much bigger spaces with that housed a lot more people and not you know not just to work a in but this is recreation well. and living you know how, how would people live on a station like this it's also then also trying to create areas that feel more attuned to i guess having a large amount of people living in them as well because you know you'd only have a small kitchen for a small amount of stuff mm. and it's like what do you do with a large amount of people you'd have a med lab for a ship i guess you know you'd have even more of that for you know thousands of people as well and it's just catering for that and making it feel like the environment that they would have been living in excellent 
Um, well, I think that brings us to the close of our questions. But before we finish, as you know, I you know always like to um, throw some things, some surprises for my guests. I'm going to give you three films that I would like you to tell me how you'd lo-fi sci-fi. Three films and uh, a couple of like minutes to you know tell me how you'd lo-fi sci-fi those. Okay. So the first one would be, and I'm picking this from like you know modern-ish films, films that people will know. Um, <laughs> so the first film, Transformers. Right. Okay, so well, the Transformers are massively high tech, but of course you can think of Transformers from like, is it seventies? I remember having yeah. lots of little toys, Transformers. Well, they had what's his face? <laughs> what's his face? <laughs> yeah, you remember him? What's his face? The Decepticon. The one that had the—he was a tape player. Oh yeah. And yeah. he ejected. Uh, no, the little. They had Rumble. The, <laughs> rumble. I know what the you mean. Arms. I'm doing the arms. Um, we should tweet a picture of me doing it. Um, you got Rumble, and they had uh, the, the bird. Oh, Laser week. Um, yeah, I was a big fan back in the day, and now it's all gone. But they, there was a How little bit of How would you know lo-fi sci-fi? Well, I think, I think if I if I was if I was Michael Bay, <laughs> <laughs> I would. Oh God! Um, if I was to make a film from Transformers, um, I think I would take far more influence from the original stuff and go. You know what? They should be like big chunky tape players, and I think. They're just too bitty. And they're, they're very detailed and, yeah, and full of effects technical. and you see all these wires and really, well, you might just see, you know, big bits of machinery and stuff yeah. like that and instead of, like, faces with stuff, you could even just have a monitor. A monitor oh, yeah. nice. Like a little okay. face on it. I think to show they, they'd be so lo-fi that they don't work properly and you've got to wind them up or like <laughs> they run out of batteries yeah you plug them into a lemon or whatever it is <laughs> to a potato them up. potato yeah. potato yeah. <laughs> a lemon yeah. god lemon. brilliant new yeah. source of energy found Lemons, from today's yeah. podcast lemon <laughs> Oh. That's how Transformers are juiced. Yeah. <laughs> lemons. Yeah. Nice. Lemons. Lemons. You're powered by lemons. <laughs> okay. 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 So they yeah, just one. make it feel more homemade. But yeah. I suppose they aren't. They do transform. They're transforming. Yeah. How would you transform with a lemon? <laughs> would it be that there's instructions and you've got to pull bits out? Yeah. So it it's actually that they don't transform on their own. You origami. have to help them. They would be origami. Then you can pull. That them. is manual labour, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna get you and then. <laughs> oh, hang on. Right, fold, fold. Yep. Yeah. Left corner to right corner, <laughs> fold, crease. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, <laughs> uh, Titanic. Titanic. Yeah, a lo fi sci fi. Lo sci fi. Okay, so it's, well, it's going to be sci fi. So it's yep. a space yeah. station, right? Lo fi sci fi. So Titanic in space. Right. Uh, you can have that for free internet. Kickstart that one. <laughs> Titanic, and you've just got to get off a space station that's sinking. <laughs> Sink. You can't sink. There in was, space. I think there was a game. Going into Black Hole? Like Starship Titanic or something. Oh, no, there was, yeah. Starship yeah. Titanic. Something yeah, along something those like lines. That. Yeah, wow. yeah, got that. Yeah, yeah this is oh. old PC that was a PC game, game, I think, yeah. yeah. That's a rubbish answer. That was but a, it'd be easy well, No, so it's like, a rubbish <laughs> question. I gave <laughs> you a rubbish film. Uh, no, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't know, is Jack? Jack? Jack. Jack. He could be using an old computer with like an old paint program to draw the lady. <laughs> and he's like one of your pixel lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, he's uh, actually just scans her because he's a robot. <laughs> you know. he's, he's, I painted you. That's um, and, like uh, this, this, it. It, it like, might not have been an iceberg. <laughs> it could have been that some water leaked in and it fried all the computers that were manning the ship. Yeah. Yeah. So they could oh, have okay. been like computers yeah. to help with the boat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. It's kind of hard. Yeah. With something that's, you know, from the. <laughs> What 1912 time anyway? Mm. Yeah. Adding you know extra years on it to get it to and the 70s maybe, odds. Maybe instead of it being like this story about 
you know, the rich and poor yeah. and how the relationship plays out in a disaster situation. It'd be like PC gamers versus console gamers or something. <laughs> and you'd, you'd get that going on. Like, oh, what would happen in a, you know, would they help each other? Would they, oh, know? that's, yeah, that's true. And instead of the heart of the ocean, it could just be a cog that's really <laughs> yeah. integral to like fixing yeah. the, the, the sinking ship. Yeah, it's, yeah. A bit, it's a bit of ram. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plug that ram in. Okay, so third film, Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. Of the Rings. How would you lo-fi sci-fi Frodo's journey? The... I don't know. Go on. Lord of the Rings. Other than the text adventure that already exists. Mm. Lo-fi sci-fi, But yeah, lo-fi sci-fi. Because you think about like Mass Effect and games like that, futuristic games that have holograms and, you know... uh, The arm thing? The arm thing. Yeah. And you could like shoot bolts at people and stuff. It's just magic. But in the future, True, it's just magic. So but instead of saying some magic words or aiming a stick at someone, Gandalf would have. He, he would have like, like an that, Iron Man arm. Would he like exactly, yeah. pull out a computer and start typing away? Yeah, he would. And then go, <laughs> yeah. Like, he'd be like, we need to get to Mordor. Yeah. Where's Mordor? Hang on a minute, and he'd Google, Google Maps. Maps. Yeah, what yeah. that? If uh, he is. if he yeah. put his like Give me directions <laughs> and started hacking in to find yeah. out where to go. Yeah. That would make it a shorter film if they it had would Google make Maps. it a shorter film. Yeah, just like if they knew exactly easy where to go. Easy jet. Let's go to Yeah, screw the Eagles. I'm going easy jet. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. They'd probably um, be more, you know, frequent than the Eagles because they were they were quite, you know, they fickle. Took the time, yeah. yeah they, they, could, they, they could have turned up a lot earlier. You wouldn't have. Yeah. You could. You could not have battles, and it could just be a little land party. So everyone would be oh, like, yeah. "We've got to get them," and then everyone just get on their computers. Yeah, they play quick. Play, play yeah. a game. Quick play a game. Yay, we win. We can go through. Yeah. Yeah. Battle of Helm's Deep. Grueling yeah. 48 hour Unreal it's, it's Tournament hard session. To, you know, to get larger beasts to play with computers, but they can get their heads around yeah, it. Yeah, elephants. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that doesn't feel like a real answer. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, just, I, I have lo- to I'm wondering how to put it in, though, because it, it all happens to... in an 80s style VR, like Lawnmower Man. <laughs> right? Or like Tron. So you take yeah. the 80s Tron, yeah. not yeah. the new Tron, but the yeah. 80s Tron, and you make this big adventure play out. But it's actually just some. Kid at an arcade machine at the end of it. Well, there you go. That Spoilers. is. <clears throat> just ruin a movie for someone. I've ruined my you? new version of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'll tell you what happens at the end. It's. I'm not going to lie to you. It you is did rubbish. put a spoiler alert. Yeah. I mean, yes. you know, you've covered yourself. Yeah, I've covered it. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Wow. Those were tough. They were tough. They're were tough they tough? I'm yeah. sorry. I, I feel like I, you know, I should have given you more. Actually, I feel like it's slightly like. Uh, no, but they were challenging and tough. Excellent. That's what I liked here. Yeah. You will now go and think hard about <laughs> how to make Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna come up with a whole bunch of films we could lo-fi after this. <laughs> okay, so um, that brings us to the end of really our uh, third podcast. So thank you very much for joining me. No worries. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Uh, again, there will be future podcasts coming up, so keep an uh, ear out for those. They're coming very soon. Now, um, on to the moment you've been waiting for. I say this every every time, but it is the moment that I've been waiting for anyway. Uh, it's the reveal of what the title means. Now, this I think this one was very easy because everyone's guessed it. But did you guys know? Yeah. yeah okay, fine. Um, we, we have watched the film like... 3,000 times. It's true. I need to up my game. As these people guessed it right, thank you again, Ivan Bernabal, you're back and you got the question right. Jason uh, Escalante, who also sent the question, you got it right. Christian Labata, who uh, works for AVP Galaxy, you got it right too. And uh, one of our members from the forums, Telvem, T-E-L-V-M, you got it right too. It is the number of the Nostromo. I will be thinking of a a much trickier one next time. Um, But that is the answer. So thank you to everyone uh, who joined in and listened, and I shall be back.
with some more guests, not these guys. And now we're going to go lo-fi, sci-fi, some movies. So thank you. And, and this is us signing out. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.